0: Welcome to the Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth? And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week, we're going to feature Josh Centers, the managing editor of Tidbits, and we're also going to cover, you know what? Those announcements that Apple made on my birthday. Later on, we'll hear from Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from MacWorld. He'll tell you why he likes four-inch iPhones. And he didn't get the love this year because Apple is only selling iPhone 5S from 2013. Them's are the breaks. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah! want to remind you we have another special feature of the show called Tech Night Out Plus. Go to plus.technightout.com. We offer the ad-free version of the show in response to many requests, 41 minutes of network ads removed, higher quality audio, all for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate. Tech Owl plus plus.TechNightOwl.com. The Tech Night Owl Minute will be included. It will debut shortly. Okay, Josh Centers, what should we talk about? Is there anything going on in the tech universe that maybe we should consider?
1: Uh, nothing much, I guess. I mean, uh, they got some new video games out, I think. The Apple Music, that, that's still a thing, right?
0: Well, I kind of wonder here, though, as far as some members of the media are concerned... Apple's September 9th event was a crashing bore. It wasn't exciting enough. Now, maybe you and I are on different planetary spectrums or dimensions than some of these people. But what's your perception about that complaint? You hear it every year.
1: Yeah, I, I've heard that some. And uh, it, it just, I don't see how you watch that incredibly long event, action packed announcement-packed event and say that, oh, well, it wasn't anything special. I mean, now, granted, you know, I, I, I watch these for a living. You know, I have to write up the stuff about them. But, I mean, it was just overwhelming at all the things. I mean, even stuff like um, that would usually be headline, top of tech meme kind of news, like the, the new iPad Mini 4. That was just, that was a footnote. The changes in iCloud pricing. Again, you know, just a footnote, because there is just so much huge stuff. You know, you had um, iPad Pro, you had um, this, you know, this new iPhone with 3D touch and the Harry Potter photos, uh, this new Apple TV with an app store and games, you know, and, and And, uh, you know, with the iPad Pro, you had the, you know, the Apple Pencil to go with it and this keyboard case thing. Um, Even the way you buy an iPhone is different now because, you know, you don't just go to a carrier anymore. Well, for the most part, I mean, it's still an option uh, for a couple of them, but you don't just go and pay 200 bucks and get your iPhone. and, And, you know, now it's, you know, you pay full price for the phone. Or you pay an installment, or you can just lease one from Apple in perpetuity and always have the latest phone. It's an event that literally changed everything in the iOS, Apple TV sphere. And if you're looking at that and saying, meh, maybe you need some antidepressants, maybe you need some caffeine, maybe a walk in the woods, maybe you're just a little jaded. But I mean, that was a huge, enormous event yesterday, and perhaps the most uh, significant, if not the best one, since uh, Jobs stepped down.
0: Let's talk about Jobs for a second, because some people in the media, and I've heard some cable TV talking heads pulling this stunt, where they play Steve Jobs during the rollout of the original iPad in 2010, saying, we don't need no stinking stylus. He didn't say it that way, but that's the point. You could use your fingers. You were born with them. Now, maybe that's true, but he's saying something with a marketing message, that the original iPad was a product that you could use without a stylus. It doesn't mean you don't need a stylus because imagine precision drawing and now imagine finger painting now if you want to do the former you can't do it with your fingers you need something that's a precision instrument an apple pencil sounds like the best or the closest resemblance to a physical drawing device the closest resemblance to a physical drawing device I've seen in a digital product like that. What do you think?
1: Well, well, you know, I I get so tired of the, you know, Steve would do this, Steve wouldn't do that. Here's something people need to realize. Apple is not a church. Steve Jobs is not Jesus. He's not, he wasn't some sort of deity. Um, He's not coming back to wreak havoc upon the world and bring about a new age. You know, he was a man. You mean he's not? Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I have to call my preacher. <laughs> right. Mike mean, Huckabee, so where are way, you? Forget like,
0: about it. Forget about it, it.
1: You know, just like Apple should be the Catholic Church and constantly be asking, well, what would Jesus have done here? You know, Steve Jobs even, you know, told Tim Cook himself, like, he said... Don't run things the way I would do it because Apple is a business and businesses have to adapt to things. And, you know, furthermore, and I, you know, I wrote a speculative piece about the Apple Pen on tidbits a while back, and I, I kind of covered this then. You know, Steve Jobs either lied or misdirected constantly. You know, I mean, he, he said no video on the, on the iPod right before that video on the iPod. He said uh, no one reads books anymore as Apple's working on their iBookstore, store. And he I
0: mean, also said, by the way, that wireless handsets were crap. Of course, then they introduced the iPhone. Another instance, Josh, was this back in, what, 2005? Make it 2004. Fall of 2004 at one of those financial conferences where he's asked the people over there, I think it was Jobs, maybe not, but someone there was asked, hey, will Apple ever produce a low-cost Mac? And they said, no, no low-cost Mac. January 2005, there's the Mac Mini. So, I mean, if you want to hit back what Apple said then with what Apple does now. Well, consider the evolution of the iPad and where it's lacking. And how do you fill that need?
1: Right. And it's a ridiculous idea to try to compare the word of jobs as as if it were biblical canon and try to apply it to a modern situation. It makes no sense because, I mean, the man contradicted himself all the time, you you know, even with like, uh, okay, here's another thing. He was against iTunes for Windows, until it was for iTunes for Windows. I mean, just, I mean, you know, evaluate the product on its own terms. Don't try to go back looking through the gospel of jobs to decide if it's it's a good and holy product. I mean, you know, it's either it's a good product or it's not. You know, and furthermore, Johnny Ive was there the whole time, right? And Johnny Ive designed this thing. You know, you'd think if it were really something that Steve would have, you know, given a thumbs down, that, you know, Ive probably wouldn't do it, right? And
0: also, Apple was developing advanced stylus technology while jobs was still alive and a few years ago they got patents for it so why shouldn't sure. they produce a product when they get something that works
1: well and they've, they've had ink built into the you know os 10 forever and they got that from the newton <laughs> so i mean why wouldn't they do a pen just because steve said pens were bad that's because apple didn't have a pen then <laughs> and, and the other
0: point is that he was pointing out that It is simpler, which it obviously is, to take one device with you. And he's talking about the iPad. Here's a tablet. You don't need a stylus. You can do most functions on it with your fingers. There will be exceptions. Maybe you don't have fingers. Maybe you're handicapped. You know, we have situations like that. You need something else. Or maybe you need precision drawing. I mean, I looked at that demonstration where they were drawing a picture Mm -hmm. using all the flavors and thicknesses that were created with the apple pencil it was a very important demonstration everyone who thinks apple shouldn't have produced a stylus should look at it and say you know what there are times when you need a stylus besides why do we have a Wacom tablet
1: right i mean absolutely i mean it, well here's the thing too is that you know he was also referring to devices that had to have a stylus right like the, like the old palm pilots he had to have a stylus with those um because they had resistive screens you know it, the stylus is still an accessory. It's optional and it's not cheap. It's $99. So, I mean, you can have an iPad Pro and not have a stylus. I don't think many people people go that route, but I mean, uh, you know, that's an option. You do not have to have the stylus to use an iPad and you never will.
0: You know, it's very interesting here to watch that session on the iPad Pro and Apple routinely brings suppliers up, you know, partners who come on and say, hey, now that you've got this new product we have something that will work well with it, okay? So just like they're another partner for getting the history and who they are, they bring on Microsoft. And what does Microsoft do? Well, we've got this great version of Office for iOS and on the iPad Pro, take your stylus and you can do all sorts of things with charts, really some nice stuff. And it was impressive. And it was something that involves a productive tablet. I'll have more in a moment. With Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today at MacSales.com. That's MacSales.com.
3: Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. 10 years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, US passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to IDStronghold.com and get the facts and the wallet sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit IDStronghold.com today.
4: Turn on the news and you'll hear stories of natural disasters, political unrest, and financial crisis. In times of uncertainty, how will you take care of your family's most basic needs? Food Insurance, America's most trusted provider of freeze-dried emergency food, has solutions that fit your family's needs and budget. Our meals are delicious, nutritious, and come with a guaranteed 25-year shelf life. For a limited time, we are sending a free freeze-dried meal to all listeners of this program. Go to foodinsurance.com and request your free meal today. That's foodinsurance.com.
5: Does being over 40 make you feel like half the man you used to be? You feel more tired, out of shape. Not in the mood like you used to be? Thanks to an exclusive formula, you can help boost testosterone levels safely and naturally. Introducing Ageless Male, a life changing supplement for men. Tested to help increase testosterone
6: levels. You'll notice a boost in your energy levels. Workouts work, sex life improves. It's like a light switch goes on. Try
5: Ageless Male risk free. If you would like to experience what taking Ageless Male can feel like, support. For healthy, normal testosterone levels, healthy energy, and increased performance, and more romance
7: when you want it. Call 1-800-327-4821. That's 1-800-327-4821. 800-327-4821. 800-327-4821. That's 1-800-327-4821.
0: on the Tech Night Out Live, talking about the Apple September 9th event with Josh Senders of Tidbits and Take Control Books. So the Microsoft person comes on there, and he's showing all this stuff. And as I said, this is Microsoft. They're just a partner of Apple. We forget what Microsoft does. We forget the history. They're relegated to being just a partner. And then Microsoft goes off stage. Here comes Adobe. <laughs> now Adobe's a partner, and they're showing you how their advanced image editing apps will work just wonders on iPad Pro. What's the message here? What's the takeaway? People say that tablets are only good for consumption. All right? The iPad Pro, with the accessory keyboard or without it, with the stylus, the Apple Pencil, these are productivity tools, content creators, people in the business world. Maybe the average person who wants a tablet wouldn't care about the larger screen, wouldn't care about the accessories. But there are lots of people who do.
1: Well, you know, that whole debate over whether it was a content consumption or creation device was was always just stupid. I mean, there's no nice way to put it. It was just stupid. You know, I create content on my iPhone. There was never a debate over whether the iPhone was a content creation or consumption device. You know, I make notes, I compose emails, uh, sometimes even draft stories and things uh, on my iPhone. So why wouldn't an iPad be a a content creation device also? It's it's anything to The input, anything where you can store data and retrieve it later, that's a content creation device of some kind, right? I mean, the Apple II was a content creation device, you know, uh, even though it's crude by today's standards. You know, the only only content consumption devices Apple makes are the Apple TV and the Apple Watch. Well, even the Apple Watch, you could, I guess, make content with it. It it wouldn't be pleasant, but I mean, you know, you technically could, but we'll say it's a consumption device. But I mean...
0: (laughs) Take a look at the new Apple TV, or with the existing Apple TV, you can attach a keyboard to it. So I presume with the new App Store, TV OS, you can take an accessory keyboard and somebody can design a browser or a word processor that you could watch on your 55-inch Vizio or something.
1: Well, I guess you could. So yeah, Apple doesn't make any content consumption devices anymore. They're all content creation devices now. iMovie on the Apple TV, that'd be cool.
0: All right, so the iPad Pro is obviously geared towards creative people. It's definitely a productivity device. It's up to you whether that works or the MacBook Air works if you're looking at similarly priced devices. That's your decision. But the things I'm reading about are really interesting. One published report says it has four gigabytes of memory. There's a statement here that the A9X processor is one and a half times as fast as a comparable desktop processor. I guess if you look at the clock speed, which we won't know till they start tearing down the unit, and compare that to an Intel Core processor, maybe it's faster. They're talking about being faster than the PC laptops sold in the past year. I mean, think about it. You know, this thing could run OS X if Apple wanted, but Apple's not going to do that, are they?
1: No. Well, I mean,. I think for some people, it's a compelling work device. You know, especially if you're an artist of some kind. You know, my wife's a teacher, and she's actually considering one uh, to replace her aging MacBook Pro because she thinks she can do most of her work on it. Because you know, Office is there, uh, most of the stuff she uses is there. And, and the thing I've told her, and I'll I'll tell your audience, you know, if you're considering that, you know, and and she has an old um, first gen iPad Mini. Because here's the thing with Pro. Here's the thing with the whole Pro angle i'm going off a bit of a tangent here but you know the the problem with professionals and using ios isn't lack of power my current ipad air is plenty powerful i think the first ipad was more powerful than my first laptop um it's certainly more powerful than a lot of people's laptops right uh, first laptops you know but the problem is is a lack of software lack of professional-grade software now you know if all you need is office You're set. You're covered. Um, I think you're good to go. But if you use stuff like, um, for instance, there's a great uh, drawing app for the Mac called Sketch. And they came out today, the developers did, and well, this would be a few days ago, I guess, at this point. (laughs) They came out and said, no, we're not going to release a version for the iPad Pro. Um, There's a lot of demand for it, but no one will pay for it. No one will pay the money it's worth. So why would we do that? And Apple doesn't allow upgrade pricing. So no, we pass. If developers are not going to actually take advantage of these capabilities, then this thing's useless. I mean, it, I mean, not useless, you know, but you know, for professionals, you know, um, you know, if you need stuff beyond uh, Office and the stuff Adobe showed off, th- then it's not going to work for you. You know, me personally, I use mostly BB Edit for tidbits writing, and that connects to our SVN server, which there is no S- there is no good SVN client for iOS. And I use Nicest Writer for take control titles. That also is not on iOS. So for me, an iPad would be kind of useless for doing any kind of work. I mean, yeah, I can, you know, we share with outside authors in Google Docs, you know, and, and sometimes when we're collaborating, whenever we collaborate collaborating stuff, well, at the event, uh, we were all writing in Google Docs in one big shared document. And I could use an iPad for that uh, in theory, but, um, for a lot of my day to day work, it just doesn't fly, you know. But someone like my wife, you know, could maybe use it for her work. But the th- oh yes, well, so the advice I was going to give: if you have an old iPad laying around, or you can borrow an old one from a friend, and there's a lot of old iPads around at this point, just try using it, uh, you know, for your work, for the stuff you intend to use the iPad Pro for. I mean, not the drawing, obviously, but you know, uh, your, your most common tasks. You know, uh, because there's lots of little things that the Mac can do so well, or even Windows can do well, that the iPad can't. Now, understand
0: this is early in the game, and Mm -hmm. we have Microsoft with Office, a pretty credible version of Office. We have Adobe releasing apps. The key here is that if people start buying this, and the core apps that are essential are already there, then other companies, other publishers will say, you know what, let's see what we can do. Now, there's still limitations, and I'll give you the key one that affects me, and anyone who produces podcasts or radio shows that requires capturing audio from another app. So, for example, Mm -hmm. I want to capture audio from Skype, as I'm doing now. I'm using Rogue Amoeba's Audio Hijack. Now, because of the sandboxing feature, they can get into the Mac App Store, but they can still sell it separately. But on iOS, they can't. So unless they can find a way to work with Apple to allow it to capture audio from other apps, you will never see Audio Hijack on iOS. Now, maybe there will be If Apple, I think, sees that there are productivity apps coming to the iPad, more people are buying the device, they'll find a way to make this work in a very controlled environment, very carefully considered working with developers. I can't use an iPad for my work, but never say um, never, because it's the kind of interface with the stylus and the touch, which would be ideal for audio editing
1: right now garage band um you know they have that integration now where you can use record you know third-party musical apps to GarageBand. so there's there's a a sort of capability like that there that you know apple you know could take advantage of and and maybe they will in the future uh i mean maybe there's a way to do that now i don't know but of course you didn't have to use garage band for your editing and stuff but um yeah, that's you know the sandboxing thing is a very real problem, and and it's a, it's been a problem in the Mac. You know, um, you know Apple really tried to push sandboxing on, on Mac App Store developers, and most of them just left. Uh, you know, it's a great idea in theory, but you know for um, the kind of stuff you really need to get done, um, professional grade stuff, it just doesn't work.
0: Let's talk about sandboxing. Okay. More in a moment with Josh Centers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out live. <laughs>
10: For listening to GCN, be sure to visit gcnlive.com today.
11: The human body is more than sixty percent water. Your brain and muscles are seventy-five percent water, and your blood is ninety-two percent water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision plasma pH drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's AlkaVision.com. expert in nutrition, diet, weight loss, immune system, and I specialize in chiropractic. My 15 years of professional experience has taught me the four keys to vibrant health, a balanced muscular skeletal system, an integrated nervous system, a flowing lymphatic system, and a body filled with over 90 essential nutrients. This has been a secret too long. Actualize your potential, reverse disease. Call me, Dr. Z, 201-945-1177, 201-945-1177, yourself self.com
13: old female and had a heart attack in 2005. This is Alice from New Jersey. I still get angina even with four stints. I was taking nitro two or three times a week. The very first day after taking heart and body
14: extract, the chest pain was gone. Now I don't wear a nitro patch. Learn the secrets of
15: an effective natural 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation
16: at hbextract.com. Mike Stenerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237 extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it. So decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116.
17: Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called Aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to Aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's Aquaponicsource.com.
15: Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next.
0: Sandboxing is kind of a way of walling off one application from another for security purposes. There are exceptions that are allowed. And part of the problem is certain apps, like audio capture apps, pulling audio from another app, that's not allowed yet. But once again, we're early in the game. I'm sure Apple wants to allow capabilities that let developers be creative, again, within the security limitations. I mean, they've opened up sandboxing in iOS already to allow for various levels of inter-app communication. So you can run one app as an extension to another. So things are opening up, and maybe next year they'll find a way. But I think part of it is the user base has to demand of Apple, do this. The developers have to say, right now we can do it this way, but you're keeping us out of iOS because you're not letting us do this. Apple, I'm sure, could figure out how to funnel audio from app to app officially with a secure environment. I'm sure they can do it. It's just a matter of wanting to and seeing the market for it. Hopefully, they will. For now, the iPad doesn't make it for me. But if you look at the use cases framed by Microsoft Office and Adobe, there are lots of things you could do. And I can see in the enterprise an extraordinary amount of things that a large tablet can do, especially one so light. Imagine this weighs only a fraction more than the first iPad. Think about iPad Pro. Will you buy one, Josh?
1: Uh, Probably not. I want to play with one, but I I I wouldn't get my money's worth out of it.
0: Well, you know, of course, that the thing that surprised me was the fact that the iPad Air 2 wasn't updated with an A9 processor, which probably would have been a, a very trivial thing. They took the iPad Mini, came out with a version 4 that is basically a smaller version of the iPad Air 2. And once again, it was like an afterthought. So many things happening. iPad Pro, let's see where it goes. Remember, Apple has partnerships now with IBM, with Cisco. There's going to be a lot of business demand for this, and that could save the iPad and bring in lots of new sales. Let's see how the next few quarters go. Let's move to Apple TV. All right, Apple TV. Here's my focus. Josh, say anything you want in response. Now, some people have said, how does Apple integrate with all the things you run with your TV now? I'm not talking about the TV and the sound system. I'm talking about the Blu-ray player. I'm talking about the gaming console. I'm talking about other streamers. I'm talking about the cable satellite set-top box. How does Apple deal with that and simplify your living room experience or your bedroom experience, whatever it is? They eliminate all of them. They replace all of them. And they come up with Apple TV. So Apple TV, of course, you can buy or rent movies from iTunes. You can rent movies from other places, too you have Netflix and Hulu and everything. As far as gaming, the new Apple TV has more powerful gaming capabilities, and there are third-party game controllers. So maybe you don't need the gaming console anymore. Cable satellite, well, if Apple subscriptions TV service provides what many people need, they go by the wayside too. So is that Apple's solution to the living room, throw everything else out?
1: <laughs> well, uh, they kind of hinted with the new volume buttons on the Siri remote, right? Because they said, "Oh, you don't need uh, another remote. You can use, you know, you can use your Siri remote to turn your TV on and off, turn your receiver on and off, uh, change the volume." So I thought that was interesting. Um, I guess that's kind of the idea, but I don't think that will be the reality. I mean, I think if you're just that much of an Apple fan, or if you're a minimalist. Um, you, you might, and you're a cord cutter, you could probably do that and, and have a pretty decent experience. I mean, you know, I did that for a long time with mostly just an Apple TV, but of course, you know, if you have, I mean, until Apple has some sort of uh, Sling TV-like service, uh, you know, you're still going to probably, most people want to have, have a cable box, uh, a lot of houses will have some kind of game console, because I mean, this Apple TV, um, there's a lot of limitations on the apps. So you're not you're probably not going to see you know just really hardcore games. I mean, yeah, you, you can get uh, a Bluetooth controller and hook that up, but one thing I've learned in the in the whole history of gaming since you know ever since I can remember, accessories just never take off. It, it's very rare. I, I, the Connect was one that actually took off, but you know things like um, the Power Pad, uh, Rob the Robot, uh, the Sco- Super Scope Six, uh, the PlayStation Eye toy. Uh, you, you know, and and these are all pretty neat products, but they just didn't take off because a developers don't want to target you know those oddball devices that most of your customer base doesn't have, and b the the customers don't buy them because there's not there's not much you can do with them. So so that's it's kind of a chicken and egg thing that happens. Um, you, you know, so I mean, I, I think almost all games for it are going to be based around the Siri remote, and that's going to be fairly limited in and of itself. I mean you have some cool stuff. I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of the, the Wii remote uh, for Nintendo Wii. And, and you know, and that has some pretty good games for it. But I wouldn't expect Call of Duty. You know, I wouldn't expect Halo. I, I wouldn't expect, what's the hot game, Destiny. You know, I wouldn't expect uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 You're just not going to see that kind of stuff. You're going to see stuff like Crossy Road that they showed off. You're going to see things like baseball games where you swing the remote around you're going to see pac-man 256 i think that'd be an excellent apple tv game and and some people are bashing the apple tv because it it can't you know because it probably won't be able to do stuff like playstation 4 and xbox one i'm like well you're missing the point you know it's it's like a guy who likes big pickup trucks and you know looking at a tesla and saying well that can't haul my lumber i'm like that's not the point well let me just bring something up here okay remember
0: there are lots of games and not all of them are Halo or Call of Duty, what percentage of the people who use an Xbox or any of these gaming controllers using these high-energy games? How many people just use regular family games? So you have to carve that percentage away, and Apple knows that. Apple is fully aware of what percentage. So they may think, you know what, maybe we're getting 75% of the gamers. And the other 25% will stick with their Call of Duty and their Halo. Or maybe they'll come up with a somewhat slightly limited function version of them if there's enough demand that will work on Apple TV. Maybe as the platform grows, Apple will find ways to work with developers to expand that. But right now, it's an experiment to some degree. And that is grab a lot of that energy off the gaming consoles, leave the rest there for now. But maybe in the future, there'll be ways to embrace it. Do you get my point?
1: There's two things here. There's two things. A, you know, I don't think Apple is deluded enough to think that they're going to woo gamers away from their game consoles, but what they can do, just as they have with the iPhone, they can expand the gaming market beyond just self-identified gamers, right? Now there's so many people who do not consider themselves gamers who play iPhone games. Um, but the real threat to these consoles um, in the long run are children who grow up not playing a video game console, but playing like stuff like this on the Apple TV.
0: Again, um, as I said, you're grabbing the masses. Right. And that basically pulls people away from gaming consoles who are the hardcore. I don't know what percentage of those people
1: are Games hardcore. for the rest of us.
0: Right. So games for the rest of us. Leave the hardcore where it is, and maybe over time, as the platform expands, grab a little bit more of it, so that th- it's really taking away profitable portions of that market, but not all of it. It'll always be there, or maybe not. We don't know what the next one will bring. Now, a little bit later in the show, we'll be hearing from Kirk McElhern. He's known as the iTunes guy for MacWorld, and he has a story to tell about the new iPhone introductions that you want to hear about. That's because. He bought an iPhone 6 last year and then decided he'd rather keep his 4-inch iPhone 5S. So, is there anything out there to tempt Kirk from going to an iPhone 6S? (laughs) Probably not. You'll get his observations a little bit later in the show. We do want to tell you that we have this other feature called Tech Night Owl Plus. That's Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. PLUS.TECHNIGHTOWL.COM Learn how to get the ad-free version, the higher quality version of this show for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription, PLUS.TECHNIGHTOWL.COM Joining us this week, we have Josh Centers of tidbits and take-control books. More to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. (music)
10: for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
0: So here's what happened. I was placing an order online.
2: and now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids,
14: R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S.com owe $10,000 or more to the IRS. Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties
13: and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out completely.
14: We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180.
18: Again, that's 800-287-7180.
19: 800-287-7180. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com.
21: Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor-recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit.
15: know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg
0: you see we're talking through our hats here folks about apple tv we're seeing now the beginnings of a new platform and a lot of potential but we can only guess where it will go. We can say, well, there's no way they can embrace hardcore games, and maybe not now, or maybe some of them they can embrace, I don't know. But future versions can take on more and more of the functions, spread gaming to the masses, so companies who make games will see, well, you know what, I can sell half a million copies on Xbox, but I can sell 40 million copies on iOS. Hmm, what should I do?
1: Right. I mean, you know, I, I think there's a lot of – I think there's a huge market in selling these free-to-play or these, uh, you know, 996 casual games. I mean, look how much money the the Flappy Bird guy made. You know, he made, well, something like half a million dollars in a couple of weeks from a little cheap – I can't remember if it was cheap or just free. I think it was just free and showed ads. You know, I mean – uh, you know, that to me seems a lot more efficient than having a giant game studio. Yeah, you may make more money, but you also spend a lot more money. Well, and the great thing, this is something people miss about Apple TV, about working with Apple. Yeah, and it has its downsides, but here's the thing. Anybody, anybody can can go to Apple.com or developer.Apple.com, give them a credit card, pay $99, and you're an Apple developer, Right, you cannot do that. I, I think I think there's some exceptions to this now, but for the most part, for the history of console gaming, you couldn't do that. You have to get an expen, you know, for Xbox, for PlayStation, whatever. You had to get an expensive development kit at the very least. Um, you know, you had to, you know, have a deal and make a partnership. Um, I, I think this is changing the current co- in the current generation of consoles somewhat, but it's it's also not as freewheeling, e- even as the App Store. You know, and for as limited as the App Store is. Um, it's it's incredibly open compared to, you know, how these consoles have been. You so. know, that's
0: a point we should mention here. There's been criticism of Apple for the walled garden. But Apple is now only charging $99 to be a member of everything. You can develop in any platform you want. You know, tvOS, watchOS, iOS, OS ten, whatever else they come up with. But if you want to be an Xbox developer or a PlayStation developer, you've got to pay a special fee or sign up a special deal with sony microsoft you have very tight restrictions the products you sell are not mass market products because they're much more expensive than ios game you don't have that kind of potential volume if you talk about walled garden what about the playstation and the xbox and those particular products those
1: are real walled gardens yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, anyone can develop for you know, here's an example for you. Here's an example for you. You know, the App Store, it has apps from Google, it has apps from Microsoft. you know it has apps from you know some of Apple's biggest competitors. Um, could you see a Halo game for PlayStation? Um, could you see, uh, I don't know what what's like uncharted for Xbox? No, that that wouldn't those things probably would never happen or or if they do, it'll be long after those franchises are irrelevant. um sort of like Sonic the Hedgehog, right so um you know you just don't you, you, but you see that on Apple, you see that on on the app store. so I mean i I think that right there just you know tells you everything,
0: okay. These are games. It's an open platform. Let's see where it goes. obviously. These apps can do quite a number of things. They had this high-end store showing their app. And I started thinking, what if Apple made a partnership with Amazon? Amazon's not doing too well with hardware these days. I guess the Kindles are okay, but the Fire Phone is history. Mm -hmm. It's gone. So maybe go to Amazon, who makes a lot of money from selling Apple products, by the way, and say, you know what? You want to sell your stuff? Let's make a deal where you could develop an Amazon app and go ahead and do business. But of course, they're not going to get 30% commission off that. They have to do something quite different. They're not taking 30% of that.
1: See, I can't see why there won't be an Amazon app for the Apple TV, because there's Amazon apps for iPhone and iPad, and there's Amazon apps for almost every platform. Uh, you know, you can get it on your Xbox or PlayStation, uh, your, your toaster. <laughs> I mean... So I don't see, you know, people say, well, Apple won't let them. I'm like, well, Why wouldn't Apple let them? Apple lets Netflix on there. And I'm sure Netflix has, has hurt iTunes video business. Uh, they let Hulu on there. Uh, they let Crackle on there. Why wouldn't they let Amazon Prime Instant Video on there? It, uh, if anybody was to hold up there, it'll, it'll be Amazon. It doesn't
0: mean that Apple isn't going to make profit from them. The profit center is selling you hardware. But the Apple TV is cheap enough that the... Total sales of other stuff is where they'll make money. You rent a movie or buy a movie from iTunes. It's going to cost a lot more than you paid for the device. It's unlike your iPad, iPhone, or Mac. It's here where the stuff you consume is a greater profit center. Obviously, if Apple gets this subscription TV, and let's talk about that for a moment. $40 a month is the estimated price. That's this what, $480 a year that you'll be paying Apple for watching TV on a $149 or $199 device. That will be a source of profit.
1: Uh, you know, maybe. Or, or they may just break even, honestly, I mean, with the way these content deals are. Uh, you know, I, I don't think the Apple TV has ever really been about making a lot of money. I'm sure they make a profit from it it, it would probably be a very nice standalone business, but, you know, in Apple terms, it, it's gum money. You know, it's it's money for a soda with your lunch. Um, but, you know, the, the big thing with Apple TV is that it's an ecosystem play. It expands that Apple ecosystem into your living room. It legitimizes um, iTunes video content because, you know, before Apple TV, before there was, you know, a off-the-shelf iTunes television solution, you know, the answer was, well, watch it on your Mac, watch it on your iPhone. Apple TV and iPhone have always existed together. Um, but you know, it was you know, always you know, watch it on some kind of computer. You know, and with Apple TV, you plug it in, you're watching iTunes. You know? So, I mean, Apple has to have that for as long as they have an, you know sell video you know, movies and TV shows in the iTunes store. It, it, it's an essential ecosystem thing. Um, you know, I'm sure they're, they're making a bit of a profit on this new box, but I would be willing to bet, if you really looked at it, if you looked at what they spend on vetting TV apps versus how how much of a cut they get, if you looked at you know how much they get from selling video and music compared to you know how much they get out of it, um, they're probably close to breaking even on this stuff. You know, I mean, and it may and it may end up being big profit. You know, if it, if it were a small business, but I think in Apple terms, you know, it it's not about the money; it's about the power.
0: Yes, and remember also, the more things you buy from Apple, the more you are tied into their ecosystem. Right. So you buy an Apple TV and you gain content from Apple and you have an iPhone, an iPad, and a Mac. That's perfect. That controls everything from your pocket to your living room to your bedroom with the computers. They control everything. And remember also that Apple TV as a control center can work with HomeKit. so right. Which can, they didn't can, talk
1: about yesterday, which which I thought was interesting.
0: You no know, talk about HomeKit, but HomeKit is a great potential here because then you could set up maybe with a webcam system or something, watch your home from somewhere else, set up a secure system, turn on your toaster oven or your, sure. so, or your microwave to warm up that TV dinner before right. you come
1: home. Well, with an app store, the possibilities are endless. You know, I, I thought the most interesting demo... And you know I, I'm a ga- I'm something of a gamer. You know, um, you know the stuff I've always I've always looked forward to is the gaming, the video, the you know the additional video and audio apps and stuff. But really, the thing that kind of blew my mind the most was two things. It was um, there's a, a, a comic book reader that's going to be on Apple TV, which I'm curious to see how that works. But the, that guilt demo, the the online shopping site, um, you know, for for fancy folks who want to save some money, uh, guilt. Um, And and they were buying, you know, like uh, jackets and stuff, you know, right on the TV.
0: Now, listen here. That is actually a great thing because one of the problems you have when you're looking at something on a computer, it's very small. Now you have the 50-inch screen, the high-definition screen in front of you. You look at the jacket. You look at the shoes. Oh, my God, big. I can see what these things look like now and get a better handle on what I'm buying or Zillow. I want to rent or buy a home. And you install the Zillow app and yeah. you do oh, some home great. shopping. And, you know, of course, a problem with real estate offices, and I'm going to blame all of you, the pictures you take of homes for rent or purchase are usually perfectly awful. Where are your iPhones? They can take great pictures, but you get a really good picture of your new home and you can just see it beautifully on your TV screen, get a better sense of what you're buying. And you know what? Maybe they'll sell more homes that way or they'll rent more homes that way. So you have to think of the really great potential of Apple TV. Like I said, it's a control center that can replace a lot of what you have in your living room. Let's talk about in our next segment the potential for the Apple subscription TV service because that's again a very major rung on the ladder there which is can the cable or satellite set-top box be replaced by Apple? We have Josh Centers of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
14: The cat sat on the Do you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Then get on board with the tax
13: admiral and let us steer your way to financial freedom.
14: The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. They can freeze your bank accounts, seize your car, home, will garnish your paychecks and benefits.
13: Don't take on the IRS alone. I can fight for you using industry secrets that can help stop the IRS. I'll cut your penalties, slash your interest, and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can even get it zeroed out. Completely.
14: We're an A rated company with over 30 years' experience helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. And we have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. If
13: you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS, are facing an audit, a lien, or levy, then call me right away. Call 800 287 7180. Again, that's
18: 800 800 287 7180. 800 287 7180. 800 287 7180.
9: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: So another thing not mentioned in addition to HomeKit during the September 9th meeting was what about a subscription TV service? Cord cutting. A better version of Sling TV. So okay, does Apple have the way to offer an alternative to the existing cable satellite experience? I think Sling TV for what it offers is not worth it.
1: Um you know, I have it actually have access to uh to another account. Um so I don't really pay for it, but you know, it's it's a nice thing to have. I reckon. I um, so that makes me sound super southern. There, I just said I reckon. Um, but but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it just depends on what's offered, and you know, and and people keep saying forty bucks. Well, is it worth forty bucks? Well, that depends on what I get. You know, if I if it's four channels and you know three of them are QVC, no, I will, no, I will not pay forty bucks. But you know, I, I'm guessing Apple probably from the rumors and what would have to be worth something. I mean, cause, cause really the play here is sports, right? Um, you know, all the other TV, sh- everything else with TV, there is another solution, Netflix, Hulu, iTunes, you know, you don't have to have a subscription to watch those things, but the, uh, you know, live events, you know, in sports is probably the biggest of those, you know, so you'd have to have ABC, NBC, Fox, you'd need to have um, ESPN, you need to have Fox Sports 1, uh, you'd have to have, I'm guessing there are probably, a U- well, there's a UFC app on the current Apple TV, I'm sure there'd be one on the new one, um, you know. Uh, you know, and so for some of these things, they do have a solution, right? They have um, MLB at bat, which I wish I loved baseball because the stuff those guys do are, is just amazing. It's just incredible, uh, the stuff they do with uh, Apple's products. NBA has a service like that. N- NHL has a service like that. Of course, they have their limitations, you know, no playoff games, you know, no World Series, no, uh, no, fi- no NBA Finals. So, I mean, if you really pare it down. Because, I mean, even, you know, even the UFC, you know, they have an Apple TV app and you can watch events live. I mean, really, what we're talking about here is football, right? If we're just really honest. um, And, of course, uh, you know, NCAA, NFL, probably their deals are all tied up, right? So there's probably no... Uh, way Apple's going to make some kind of app deal with them um, for live football. So, I mean, what's the workaround? Well, you have uh, traditional TV channels. That's that's how you get this stuff. So, you know, you'd ha- you'd have to have the channels that have football. Because um, that's why I mostly use Sling TV for. You know, I use Sling TV because they have SEC Network on there, and and uh, that would be a lot more expensive with. That would upgrade me to a much more expensive Comcast package. So um, even if I were paying for Sling TV, it'd make more sense to uh, pay the twenty bucks for a few months uh, just to watch that uh, than, than upgrade and deal with Comcast. You know, I think that's really probably the play here is sports, particularly football, at least in the United States. Um, so uh, you know, worth it or not? Well, you know, if you're, I mean, I'm paying fifty bucks to Comcast for a kind of a crappy. Uh, cable package plus a DVR and high def, uh, you know, yeah, 40 bucks a month and presuming there's some kind of DVR functionality that probably works a lot better than my Comcast box. Uh, and of course, high def would be built in because the Apple TV picture quality is just phenomenal. Um, and Apple wouldn't consider, you know, well, I, they do sell SD contents. Uh, I, I better not go there. But um, that seems fair to me just depending on what they offer, you know, but if I could watch, you know, all the football games, that I'm interested in and it's 40 bucks a month. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd dump Comcast TV service in a heartbeat.
0: I think everybody would dump Comcast TV service in a heartbeat. It depends on what Apple brings. One thing Apple could bring, which would be the real miracle. And I can't say they'll ever do it, but if Apple can give you, how about a la carte?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, they're close to that now. I mean, You know, with this app based TV model, and let's be honest, Roku's been there for years, you know, you know, no one is stopping the content providers from doing that, except for the, you know, maybe the cable companies. But, you know, if I were my Apple TV now, there's a Lifetime app, there's an A and E app, there's a History Channel app. You know, I have to authenticate almost all those of the cable provider. But there's nothing stopping any of those guys from saying, hey, do you want to watch our stuff? Uh, it's five bucks a month. You know, or it's three dollars a month. It's something like that. There's, I mean, um, now should it be Apple's play? That's the thing. I don't think uh, a middleman like Apple or even Comcast could really ever offer you a la carte and and get and give you a deal that you would like because these these things are so complicated. Because you know, you have certain channels like every cable package has QVC because QVC pays to be you know on, on there. Meanwhile, you know. Uh, Comcast pays ESPN, I think, like $30 for every single subscriber they have. You know, everyone who's... $30 for every
0: subscriber? Right. You know what? I never watch ESPN.
1: Right. And you're getting ripped off if you're paying for it. You're you're totally getting ripped off. And there's a big movement now. um, And there's been a lot of talk about this, about, you know, Comcast and these big cable companies may just dump ESPN from their packages or or make it like a a premium option. And... uh, you know, I guess in theory that would lower everyone's cable price. I'd very much doubt it, but um, you know, but you know, it, it would hurt ESPN. Uh, that, would be an inter- uh, that would be an interesting move because you know, honestly, um, you know, most of the cable channels I just don't care about. You know, or, or I can watch the stuff somewhere else. I can watch it through Netflix. You know, I much rather watch a show on Netflix. Just you know, so I can just uh, binge watch it. I don't want to have to wait week to week. Um, you know, but yes yeah, one of those things you know, I like to watch. A lot. I mean, it, it, it's only good when it's fresh, except for you know the, the movies and stuff they make, and those are all Netflix. So, um, you know, that that would be a tempting thing. You know, and I'd almost be tempted to drop cable just for that. But um, you know, but I mean, I, I guess that's what Apple really has to consider with a live TV service. They have to ask themselves what is really worth, what is the draw for people to watch live, and and that they can't get anywhere else. So, you know, and I think the big answer there is sports. Um, Maybe news, uh, the the you know, but the the much bigger. An- you know, but I mean, you know, news is a smaller component, maybe. Um, but you know, yeah, sports would be the big thing, especially especially football in the United States, um, because there's not there's not great alternatives to that. But they have to have some kind of service that they can that will fill the gaps of the Apple TV, because Apple TV is a great cord cutting device. But there's there's so many gaps. Like if I want to watch the football game on TV how do I do it with Apple TV? Well, not easily. <laughs> you know, there are ways, but they're you know, usually not legal and, uh, and, and they're kind of complicated. So I think that's what an Apple TV service ultimately, when you really break it all down, that's what it would have to do. It would have to fill the gaps that um, iTunes and Hulu, and Netflix, and the other you know, app suppliers uh, are providing already.
0: Now, here's the key to bear in mind here. And that is, if Apple just offers something like Sling TV, it's not worth it. Because as I said, Sling TV is just an inferior version of cable or satellite as it is now. They have to do something that enhances and replaces the cable satellite experience with something better. That's why I thought maybe a la carte. Because if they just offer a subset of the stations, if they just offer your local channels, which is, I understand, one of the things they're trying to do, that's no different than what you're getting now. If they offer some way to see on-demand in the cloud or some kind of way to store your settings, so I want a season's pass for Person of Interest or something, or the new Supergirl TV series, I understand that, but that doesn't change what you have now. You have to offer more. And what's the remaining point of the equation? It's not on-demand, you have that. What is it a la carte? we'll give you, for $40 a month, we'll give you 50 stations, 50 channels. You pick the 50 channels. And maybe that's a reason, I'm just speculating here, folks, that's a reason why negotiations are so hard. They're trying to develop something new and different. If Apple's just offering the same deal that the cable and satellite companies give the entertainment companies now, it shouldn't be such a big thing. But if they're trying to exact something new, just as they did in the days of the iPod and getting the license to work with the music companies and offer music for sale and download legally. They have to be doing something new. If they're not doing something new, what's taking so long? I'm going to have Josh Centers give his slant on that in our final segment with him. Later on, we'll be hearing from Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld, who, by the way, still has only a four-inch iPhone. I wonder what he's going to say about that. This is tech night out live. That's what we have to say. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's
22: the receiver. With your heart racing and sweat dripping from your forehead, you finally muster the courage to dial the number to call into your favorite talk radio show. It rings once, twice, and then. Hello, it's GCN. What's your name and the state you're calling from? Surprised you got through, you squeak out. Jason from Minnesota? Please hold. As you patiently wait for your turn, you begin to daydream about being a famous talk radio host and what it would be like to have your own show. Jason from Minnesota, you're up. Millions of loyal listeners worldwide waiting to call and talk to you. What color are you there cheering crowds surround you calling out your name going
11: once twice okay we gotta Gays
23: move
22: on to the next caller you blew it huh? wait no interact with the hosts you're listening to right now online at gcnlive.com click on the community link engage with other listeners ask questions start debates don't agree with the host let them know be a part of the community at gCnlive.com.
19: Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com.
23: owe $10,000 or more
14: to the IRS,
23: get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone.
13: I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes. I can
14: even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call
18: 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts
9: or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at techniteowl.com. That's news at techniteowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at owl.com slash radio. That's owl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes.
0: We have a new segment called Tech Night Owl Minute that's coming soon to subscribers of Tech Night Owl Plus. To learn more, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com to subscribe to our service, get the ad-free version of this show, higher quality audio. Josh Centers, what's your perception of that long, long question?
1: (laughs) Well, I have have a different take on it than you do, Gene. First of all, I don't see Apple offering choices, you know, or at least that many. I mean, Apple's never been... I guess this a change with the Apple Watch, so maybe I'm off base here. But, you know, I can't see Apple saying, okay, well, you get to pick all these channels, and you have to do all this work yourself, you know. And, and, and you know, yeah, and Apple Watch has a lot of choices, but you have someone helping you with those choices. You know, if you go to an Apple store, you know, there, there's someone at the case giving you a hand with that, like you're at a jewelry store. You know, and I'm, I, I see them offering one package, maybe two packages, and, and they're dead simple, and either you buy it or you don't. You know, sort of just a no-brainer thing. No, the reason they're having trouble negotiating is because these companies are scared to death of Apple. <laughs> and why shouldn't they? You know, I know Apple's kind of like Gene, you ever watch The Wire? No. No? Okay. Well there's a character on there, Omar. He's a drug dealer, and, and there's there's a meme from the show. Well, Omar coming, you know, cause cause when this guy starts walking up, everyone starts running and they start shouting, Omar's coming, because you don't want well to be in Omar's path. Apple is Omar. And it's like that with just about any industry. You know, Apple comes into the music industry, and the music industry blames Apple for for ruining it. You know, I would argue Apple saved it, right? But everyone looks at you know what Apple did there. You know, most industries do. There's there's a few that that don't. There's a few that welcome it. You, you see, with uh, you, you, I think it's just fear. You know, they're afraid. You know, if they break from the cable companies, if if these content providers. Or if they take, even if they tick off like Comcast, you know, what's Comcast going to do in retribution? But, you know, but if they put their fortunes with Apple, what does that mean? Because it, it probably means change. And they have pretty profitable business models now. Why would they change? I mean, there have to be some real leverage. On Apple's part to make a deal there, you know that's one of the things Donald Trump is talking about. Leverage, I got leverage here, and that's kind of the thing. You know, if their business is healthy, and Apple comes in and says we would like to change everything about your business, uh, they're probably going to say no thanks. And, and even if the the big thing is just now you get your cable channels on this box instead of this other box, you know, if you, that's basically what we're talking about here, comes to Dish because uh, Dish does is the one that does Sling TV. You know, I think there's less fear there because Dish is a, is a TV player. You know, they're not afraid of Dish. Dish is very much in the system. You know, Apple is a disruptor. You know, a- Apple's the Donald Trump in this situation. They come in and, and everything's different when they're done. You know, I, I think that's, that's the big roadblock. It's, it's just plain fear of, of change.
0: Well, we're going to have to see how Apple changes it and when it's going to happen. Right now, the betting is sometime in 2016, but we don't know. I have a feeling, though, that the TV network executives will spill the beans before this happens. What do you think?
1: Oh, yeah, probably. Those guys can't keep quiet about anything.
0: I mean, that wouldn't be unusual. <laughs> you know, that's fairly normal. They can't keep a stiff upper lip and they can't be quiet about things like this. So we'll hear. We'll have to see what we get out of that. I'm hoping, a la carte, that's the way I can leave Cox. All right. Move to one more thing iPhone 6s, 6s Plus. Now, last year they came out with the larger form factors, 4.7 and 5.5 inches, and some new features. This year, it's basically the same form factor with 7000 series aluminum, which is more resilient to bending. But the number of new features internal seem to be more than they added last year. Yet the critics say, "Oh, it looks the same. It's not enough."
1: You know, I've never been the sort of person who really lusts after the, the S updates. Uh, you know, I, I usually think, well, you know, that's neat. I'll, I'll get one later. But, you know, with, with this 6S, I honestly, if, if I could trade in my iPhone 6 now, I would do it in a heartbeat because, you know, uh, I got this new 5K Retina iMac. And I was looking over the sa- just the sample photos, just the plain photos they took. Um, yesterday, and and they're just in, um, amazing. the uh, the video, the 4K video they took are just, I mean, just spectacular. I can't, I, I can't believe it's a phone. I've watched these things evolve. And I can't believe it's a phone. But the the two things that really that really draw me to the 6S are the live photos, like uh, well, I call them Harry Potter photos earlier, you know, and the fact that it's automatic. The fact that you know I can, you know, I have a two year old right now, and he moves all the time. So the fact that I can take a photo of him. And it takes a little bit of you know video and a little bit his vo- of his voice with that, and I can just access that whenever I want. That's just built into the photo. That's amazing. That's that's game changing. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, what could that do for journalism? You know, you snap a photo and then just something happens a second later. Maybe I'm getting my head of myself. Let's see how that works out. But this 3D touch thing, though, I mean, holy cow, Gene! That totally changes uh, how people are going to use iOS. I mean, the fact that you can now press on a button on your home screen and not even have to open the app. You can just, you know, get the stuff you need and never never have to open the app. That's amazing. That's mind-blowing. You know, the fact that you can um, switch apps just by, you know, kind of pressing the sides of the screen. You know, there's so many possibilities here that, that I see with the 6S. You know, yeah, the 6S looks the same, but there's, especially with the live photos and 3D touch, I mean, that changes so much stuff about how I would use my iPhone. You know, so yeah, that for me, it's I would love to get one. So it, it's almost tempting to go and do one of these um, iPhone upgrade plans and just pay in perpetuity and always have an I, the new iPhone.
0: Well, if you look at the increase in cost, it's actually a fairly good deal. And let me explain. So the deal that Apple is offering directly, and you have to get credit approval, which may work with your current carrier, maybe not so much with Apple. I don't know how stringent the standards are. They give you Apple Care Plus. And you lease a phone, and every year you replace it. So for the rest of your life, you're paying, what, 30 $35 a month. Now, you may find that's good. And it probably works if you're not already leasing in the sense of paying extra money for a smartphone from your wireless carrier. If you're paying the basic, which is the core fee for services plus the additional fee for each device, maybe it makes sense. Otherwise... Maybe not, but they're certainly going to take over a lot of sales from the wireless carriers if they lease it to you directly.
1: We could spend an entire episode just talking about all the changes here and as you listen to this out there, um, there should be an article in tidbits about we talk about all the ways you can buy an iPhone now and all, all the different cell carrier plans. It's it's so incredibly complex and it's so different from carrier to carrier now. The long story short is contracts are going away. You're not gonna pay two hundred bucks for an iPhone, you're gonna pay six fifty. You know whether you pay it once or if you pay it over twenty four months, so it's very much that T Mobile kind of model. If you're on T Mobile, you're probably already on this train. It's nothing new for you. But uh, you know, all in all, uh, looking at this iPhone upgrade program, uh, it's a good deal. You don't pay any extra except for what you'd pay for the Apple Care Plus. So if you wanted Apple Care Plus, if you always want the latest iPhone, the only bad thing is you have to go to the Apple Store, like the physical Apple Store. For me, that would be difficult, but. Um, You know, price-wise, it's a good deal.
0: Josh Centers, where do we find more of your stuff?
1: Tidbits.com for my articles, TakeControlBooks.com for uh, Take Control of Apple TV and iOS Crash Course. And you can follow my ramblings on Twitter at jcenters, J-C-E-N-T-E-R-S. Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene.
10: Listening to GCN. Visit gcnlive.com today.
17: This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX, that's 800-34-NO-TAX, or my website, danpilla.com.
13: Hey Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey system. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting goberkey.com or call me the Berkey Guy at 877-886-3653. That's 877-886-3653.
18: Do you owe the IRS money? Do you have years of unfiled returns? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect. If you are losing sleep over your IRS tax problem, there is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call 800-643-4661 for your free and confidential analysis on ending your tax nightmare. We can help get your life back on track and give you the fresh start you deserve. Our A-plus BBB-rated tax resolution team has over 125 years of combined experience to get you the best deal possible while stopping the IRS dead in their tracks. Call Signature Tax now at 800-643-4661. Call 800-643-4661. Again, that's 800-643-4661. 800-643-4661. The human body
11: is more than 60% water. Your brain and muscles are 75% water. And your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's AlkaVision.com
21: Okay, open your mouth and say, ah. Ah. When your child has a sore throat, you need to know when to get help. The doctor-recommended Say Ah Sore Throat Exam is your solution. The scientifically designed oral retractor offers a clear view of the throat, relaxing the tongue and minimizing gag reflex. Compare with a medical grade chart, website, and app. Then you'll know just what to tell your doctor. A wellness plan in your hands in minutes. Go to sayahnow.com. Sayahnow.com, the new mainstay for every family's first aid kit.
15: What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to The Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg.
0: We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, and he's here to talk in part about the Apple media event and about one area where maybe you're going to be saying you're disappointed, and that is with the iPhone introduction. Now, before we get on here, remind our listeners, last September you bought an iPhone 6, and then a week or two later, you returned it. Why?
24: Yeah, I, I bought the iPhone 6 when it came out because, you know, I wanted to have a newer iPhone, and the one I had before was a 5S, so I was planning to to sell it. And I got the iPhone 6, and it's just too big for me. and And I have quite large hands, but I'm used to using my phone with one hand, and I couldn't do that with the iPhone 6 comfortably. And and, and I think part of it, I was talking to someone the other day, um, you know, the iPhone 5 and 5S, and well, basically, I guess from the 4 through the 5, they they have flat edges. Um, The 3s had, the 3s and earlier had rounded edges, right? And then the 6 came back with these rounded edges. And I find the flat edge is easier to hold on to in my hand and the rounded edges on such a bigger phone, it was just slippery. And, and I just wasn't ready to compromise. I said, well, there's not that much in terms of new features. I, Apple Pay wasn't introduced here, so it didn't matter. And even that it is now, it's not a big deal. There wasn't enough to get me to pay that much for a new phone that I wasn't comfortable with. So I was kind of hoping there'd be a 4-inch iPhone success. I really didn't expect it to be because the S phones have always just been the same form factor as the previous ones. So maybe we'll see a smaller iPhone 7. But I'm not going to be upgrading to a 6S, which means that I will hopefully be using my 5S for a total of three years. Given what these things cost, and remember, I buy unlocked phones over here. Given the cost of an iPhone, it's a lot better if I can use it for three years because when I would change a phone after a year, it would have enough resale value that it was worth selling and buying a new one. But after two years, you can't resell it for much at all.
0: Well, what we have here is Apple's new scheme. I don't know if it's in the UK; it's in the US. Where you essentially lease a phone for them for a monthly fee, yeah. And every year you get a brand new phone. It's probably, only a few dollars more than buying the phone outright for that monthly payment. Yeah, I mean, they, obviously, if you can afford to just buy it unlocked, you can do what you want.
24: Right. If when they introduced that, I think they call it iPhone upgrade scheme or something like that. I will jump on that in a second because uh, tr- assuming that there's the new phone is the size I want or that I've given up hoping for a smaller phone. Um, I think that's a wonderful idea because not not only you're leasing the phone but you're getting Apple Care included in it. My friend Rob Griffiths did a calculation. I think he calculated the 128 gig 6s with the cost of Apple Care and over the 24 months it costs a total of $30 more. So they're not even hitting you with standard interest for it. It's basically $30 is like a service charge. The ability to have the phone, to have Apple Care, to be able to exchange it after 12 months and not have to worry about reselling it, uh, I think that's brilliant. However, there are people who will probably keep it for two years, who won't do the exchange, or they'll hand it down. So if you're in a family where one person gets a new phone, and then when they get a new one, they hand down the older one to the spouse or kids or whatever, People will probably still keep paying for two years, but either way, I think it's a very good deal. Uh, I understand that a lot of carriers are selling phones like that now, instead of including the cost in a contract, they're just selling the phone and having you pay for it on a monthly basis. So I guess Apple's competing with that. I haven't seen that over here yet. Um, I understand it's common in the States, but since people do buy unlocked phones over here, you know, it. It'll come when Apple does it, but it's not. they, they won't be competing with a similar um, process here as far as I know.
0: All right. In my particular case, I don't think I would get the iPhone 6S, an upgrade from an iPhone 6, for example. I don't really see the essential need for it. I could see this 3D touch being neat and all, but I can live without it. Do you have a 6, then? I have a 6.
24: Yeah. I, I haven't missed much. See, I don't really care about the camera that much. Um, I got the. I was very interested in the 5S because of Touch ID, and that was the big feature in the 5S, and that makes all the difference. But Apple Pay was the main feature in the 6, plus, of course, a better camera. Now we have the 6S, and whoa, a better camera. Um, you know, every year it's a better camera. And the only other real feature is... The 3D Touch. It, it's funny how Apple says their slogan is, the only thing that's changed is everything. Yet, hardly anything changed. Okay, the, they say the glass is stronger, which is good because I know an awful lot of people who, because of the slipperiness of the iPhone 6, have had to replace the glass. They say the processor's faster. Yawn. I've never noticed anything on my iPhone that doesn't go fast enough other than my, you know, internet access um oh it's a new fancy aluminum alloy like who cares about what aluminum alloy it is really and oh faster lte well i don't have lte so that doesn't matter
0: well here's that one thing about the aluminum alloy i guess if you stick it in your rear pocket yeah (laughs) but even then i think it's ridiculous but the point being here it's a brownie point and you're making it stronger that's okay
24: yeah, it's anyway I, I just don't see it as, as an essential
0: upgrade um, I was just looking as I was talking to you now I'm on t with t next 18 which means every 18 months I can upgrade right. but there is a price if i want to upgrade today or when this goes on sale it would cost me two hundred dollars and change if I want to buy it out it's four hundred dollars now I right. looked online and saw offers ranging from three to 450. So there is that. There is Offers, that. Do you mean
24: to sell it used?
0: Yes, for to buy it from me.
24: Right. Okay. So you would sell it and buy out your contract.
0: Exactly. So the point being here is I can decide whether going to a 6S is worth it. And I would only consider that if I can keep the monthly payments within the range they are now. The one thing I like about Apple's deal, by the way, is they include the Apple Care Plus yes. in their lease deal.
24: And and that's $129 now. It's going up from 99 I think, right?
0: Exactly. And I guess partly because the parts to replace on um, the iPhone 6S well, and 6S Plus may be more expensive. I don't know. I, you know it less for the same price.
24: I, I don't... Yeah, so the, the, the list price is the same, but given the number of... So I have a friend who used to work in an Apple store here, and he told me that when the 6 came out, they were seeing a huge number of people coming in with broken displays. So my guess is, you know, AppleCare is like insurance and it's based on how the risk pool, how much money the risk pool costs them. So I kind of think that we're paying more for AppleCare because they made more slippery phones and there are more repairs. They also increased the incident um, fee, I think, from 79 to 99 So you're paying 129 the phone's really slippery, boom, you drop it and you're paying another $100 to get it fixed. Get a case. Yes, and and cases will help in in many cases no pun or whatever intended um but even i, I think the, the large size makes it a little bit it, it makes it harder for people to handle in addition so even if they have a case um from, from what i've been hearing from people who've dropped the phone and even people like john gruber and, and other people i know you know who are used to dealing with technology they've broken theirs Um, so it's not surprising that Apple's charging more for the, um, for the Apple care and for the repairs.
0: Well, bear in mind too, if you compare what Apple is offering to third party companies, such as your cell phone provider or square trade or something, it's still cheaper.
24: I'm sorry, say that again. I, I didn't understand.
0: So let's basically, if you Go to a third-party provider other than Apple to get your insurance. You go to your wireless carrier. You go to an extended warranty company like SquareTrade. You'll find you're probably in the end paying more. Now, let me be fair about it. SquareTrade has a very good program where they charge you a monthly fee for your extended warranty. You don't have to pay it out all at once. So if you're not getting this new Apple deal that might be something to consider. So Apple's still giving you a good deal, even though the price is higher. We're going to break now, if the dog lets us do it. We have Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
0: a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out.
17: Most of us already know that taking a fish oil supplement to boost omega-3s is a good idea. But did you know that about 60% of Americans are actually deficient in omega-3s? Did you know that most fish oil products contain only about 25% omega-3s and the remaining 75% is undesirable fish fat? Heck, did you know that more than 90% of fish oil supplements sold in the USA are not even made here? If you want to boost your omega-3s using the finest American-made fish oil, check out NutriGold fish oil supplements on www.fishoil.best. NutriGold fish oils are independently five-star certified and guaranteed to be exceptionally pure. That means no more fish burps. Best of all, just one NutriGold fish oil capsule contains more omega-3s than four standard fish oil capsules. Go to www.fishoil.best or call 888-920-1497 and use promo code BESTFISHOIL to get a free one-month supply. That's www.fishoil.best or call 888-920-1497. Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called Aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs. Fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to Aquaponicsource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's Aquaponicsource.com.
15: You never know what's going to happen next while listening to The Tech Night Isle, live with Gene
0: Steinberg. We've got Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. We're talking about the iPhone 6 upgrade options and how the situation's changed so much. And we see here, of course, that Kirk is disappointed there is no 4-inch model other than a legacy iPhone 5S, which is the one he already has. Okay, so what we're seeing now is in the U.S., the standard two-year contract, while technically still exists at some carriers, is being heavily discouraged. They want you really to buy the phone outright or buy it on a time payment plan. And what this also means is the price you pay for everything It's very a la carte, like AT&T. You have a core price, which includes your data plan and your voice and text. Then you add a certain amount per phone or device based on the amount of data you get. Confusing? And then you get the phone. Then you get the phone. Wouldn't you rather have the old days? I guess if you traded every two years, the original method with one fee, which includes the carrier subsidy, would work better. If you want to trade faster, maybe one of these schemes works better. If you want to keep your phone for three years, you still buy it outright.
24: I think the whole subsidy model is problematic because it masks the value of the phone. And and I definitely would criticize Apple for presenting the prices of the iPhone during the, um, the keynote as subsidized prices instead of talking about the unlocked price. So if... If we're moving, if you're moving from a subsidized to an un- unlocked or or paid over time uh, model, I think they should be quoting the specific, the, the, the price of the unlocked model instead of saying, oh, this one's $199 because it never is $199.
0: Well, here's the issue. The issue is if you say the phone is $649, my God, that's terrible. But if it's... $32 a month or whatever this lease scheme is, or it's 199 from the carriers that still honor that scheme. That sounds better. So it's a marketing thing. It may not be as accurate as it used to be. But right now, the reason we're seeing this price change is because of T-Mobile in the U.S., because they totally upset the apple cart. And they're succeeding. Right now, they became the number three carrier ahead of Sprint.
24: That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um so T-Mobile was originally a German company. I think they still are essentially. They're still
0: owned by Deutsche Telekom.
24: Right. I mean, they were, they've
0: been trying to sell it off, but that doesn't seem to be working.
24: Yeah, it was so it was the spin-off when all the telecom companies in Europe were sort of denationalized. Deutsche Telekom spun off the the mobile thing as T-Mobile, I think. Um T-Mobile doesn't exist here in the UK. They got Their UK subsidiary or whatever got merged with Orange, which was a big cross-national company, and so um, we don't have that. And the company that I use called EE, which is formerly Orange and T-Mobile, was just bought out by BT, which is formerly British Telecom, which used to be the national provider. And you can't – it's just getting so confusing. I I don't know why T-Mobile – Particularly decided in the states to stop the subsidies. I think it's kind of an interesting approach. Um, what, what's actually most interesting is I haven't heard a lot of people complain about it since uh, you know Apple's coming in with their own way of monthlyizing the cost, and you know AT and as you said, does it, and T Mobile does it. So it, it ends up being not that different. Um, one of the biggest problems with the subsidized plan was that if you got a two-year plan and you kept your phone for more than two years, you were still paying for the phone after you'd paid it off. So basically you were getting ripped off. And, and that could be the reason for stopping this process because it's really just, while it may not be illegal, it's immoral.
0: And also more and more people today change their phones every two years. Is there a survey of that? How many people upgrade after two years? I assume the number who upgrade after a year has got to be fairly low.
24: I don't know. I see lots of people with old phones. So I, I think you've got a small number of people um, who, who upgrade every year and then maybe a smaller number every two years, assuming that they do have a, a contract that, you know, after two years it's paid off and whatever. But I, I don't know. I've never seen it. You know, the one thing we, we see with Apple is that they are still increasing market share. So their sales aren't as much based on upgrades as they are on new users. I mean, it's a combination of the two, but if it was strictly upgrades, then you know, the sales would be different, I think.
0: Well, it's a combination. It's also switchers from Android because right now the yeah. iPhone worldwide market share, I guess, is going up slightly and the Android share, while still overwhelming, is going down slightly.
24: Yeah, it, it's leveling off.
0: Right. So, Apple will do anything to sell you an iPhone, which is why this scheme is being introduced. Also, it kind of cuts out the carrier. The carrier makes no profit from the sale of the phone. They only earn their keep from the services they provide, but it also frees the customer.
24: Yeah, and but if the carrier is going to do like AT&T and offer the same phone sale, you can assume that the carrier is getting a big discount on the phone that they're selling directly. The same as when they were buying a phone to give it to you on a contract. So that's probably why AT&T did move so aggressively into this type of, what is it, AT&T Forever or something?
0: AT&T Next.
24: Next. Uh, Forever would have sounded better, I think.
0: Or AT&T Endless.
24: Yeah. As my son said to me this morning, we were chatting about this. He said, um, Apple wants to get you in their shackles forever. And it's true that once you start on a monthly thing like that and you, you get you can upgrade after 12 months. So, at the end of the 12 month period, according to the Apple website, your contract, you start a new two year contract. So, if you change phones after 12 months, you're starting a new two year contract. You're not continuing on the second year of a two year contract. So, every new phone is a new two year contract. And basically, it is a kind of a lock in, um, not only to lock yourself into Apple, but also lock yourself into the concept of getting a new phone. So Apple is, they're doing two things here. One of them is to say, okay, we're going to sell you the phone. You don't have to lay out the cash, but also it's really going to incite a lot of people to upgrade more often.
0: Which helps Apple's game. And also they're dealing with a situation here where the market is becoming more and more saturated and other companies are seeing this. It's inevitable that Apple would see it too. So this is one way to keep encouraging you to upgrade. Now, that also raises another question, which is, if you're going to expand the market, why don't they have a four-inch model? Kirk McElhern is not the only person on the planet who prefers a four-inch iPhone. There have got to be a lot of people out there. I would say my wife would be one of them, because the larger iPhones are just too large for her, for carrying in the purse. Now, as far as the screen size, she prefers her iPad.
24: Yeah, there's a question of usage and portability that, that are different. I, I think, so what's interesting is obviously we make the male-female distinction. Men generally have larger hands and women generally have smaller hands. But we we should also make the distinction about children. You know, there's more and more young people who are getting iPhones, children, teenagers, etc., and they have very small hands. So I kind of think that, I, I kind of think Apple's missing a bit of the market here. You know, it seems that they jumped on the larger screens because Android phones had larger screens and they would attract more Android users. But now they're ignoring the low end, and I do see plenty of people with smaller Android phones as well. Um, Not necessarily four inches because there are so many different Android sizes. But I I do see them fairly often. I mean, you see everything, you know, from small to phablet and all that. Um, But I I think they're missing part of the market. You know, when you look at how many devices they have now um they're selling five different iphones you'd think there'd be room for another four inch at the high end you know you look at the ipads as well what are their five different models um you know gone are the days of two ipads small and large or large and last year's model kind of thing now we've just got you know it it looks like when you look at the apple website today it kind of looks like apple in the late 90s when they still had lots of different models Um, five iPhones, five iPads, a whole bunch of different laptops between the Air and the MacBook and the MacBook Pro in two sizes and all.
0: Well, right now, as we've observed, Apple will keep the iPhone 5S as the so-called, quote, free phone, the cheap phone in the lineup. I suppose if there's huge demand for that model, Apple could consider other options. I'm not going to say. I just think it wouldn't cost a whole lot in engineering expense to develop a smaller version of the iPhone 6 with a four-inch display. Don't think it would require a lot there. Let's get to more of this in a moment. Don't forget to go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com to learn more about Tech Night Owl Plus, where you get the ad-free version of this show. And we've got Tech Night Owl Minute coming in the very near future. Once again, plus.technightowl.com. We've got Kirk McElhern. We're going to switch to iPad Pro in our next segment of the Tech Night Out Live.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
9: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: iPad Pro. Like everything else about the September 9th announcement, it was all predicted was all predictable. A lot of it had been published in advance, a lot of the basics. Obviously, there was a lot of fine-tuning and a lot of additional details. You didn't know about the Apple Pencil, although there had been rumors that Apple was working on a sophisticated stylus. There had been rumors about that, and Apple has received patents for that sort of technology. But a lot of what you see in the iPad Pro, the basics were predicted, not so much the specifics. And there's some interesting aspects of it here. One is, the claim that the iPad Pro with the A9X processor is faster than 80% of the PC notebooks sold in the past year, and in terms of graphics, faster than 90%, which means it's theoretically offering the performance of anything but a high-end notebook in a tablet. This shows a lot of development for this A-Series processor, don't you think?
24: Well, someone said on Twitter that that's comparing to, like, you know, all the crappy PC laptops. So I'm not sure that it's necessarily a good comparison. It's fast. It's got to be fast because the size of display and all that. It's fast. So you don't compare it to a laptop.
0: Right. But the reason Apple's raising that is because you're doing functions on it, especially with the iPad Pro and working on it horizontally with the Bluetooth keyboard they're selling the keyboard cover, it functions like a notebook, and therefore, if you're matching up capabilities, there is that. There's also the fact that the display puts out more pixels, more megapixels than say a 15-inch MacBook Pro. Did you realize that?
24: Yeah, it's 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 a huge display, and and it's a very dense display because the pixel density of the iPad is higher than the pixel density of. A laptop or a desktop mac i think it's 360 something compared to 260 something whatever because your retina display has to have more pixels something you hold in your hands that you're going to hold closer to your face so you can't see the pixels it's a nice looking device it's not for me i can see people who work with graphics doing it i can see real estate agents doing it um there, there are a lot of uses, but I think when you look at the cost, it starts at $800. Um, wow, that's just a lot.
0: Now, proportionally speaking, it's comparable to the Microsoft Surface 3 in many it respects. Is. And,
24: and, and there's been a, a comic circulating that someone um, drew back in, I think, 2012, basically showing Tim Cook presenting Apple's version of the Microsoft Surface 3, Um, And and I think they just called the keyboard the super touch smart cover or something like that. But, yeah, it's almost exactly the same.
0: Whether that's intended to be that way or just a natural growth of the platform, obviously, if you're going to design a tablet with a heavy emphasis on production, for drawing, for computer-aided design, for image editing, word processing, you have a bigger screen, a lot of people are going to insist on the keyboard, so you have to offer it. Artists having a stylus as an input device with the flexibility of Apple Pencil makes yeah. sense. So if you look at the market, it's all out there. Just look who came on stage at the media event. What was interesting to me is having Microsoft come on there as just another partner. Oh, here's Microsoft, and they're going to show you Office on the iPad Pro. It's like Microsoft is funny, reduced to being that.
24: Yeah, that was kind of funny. When you compare it with the Surface and you see that Microsoft is then coming out, um, it was, yeah, it was interesting.
0: Yeah, and when you connect, by the way, the keyboard to the iPad Pro, there was a click. Yeah. Like the famous Surface click? I didn't
24: know the Surface made a click. I've never seen a Surface in real life.
0: You never saw those commercials then?
24: No, I don't. I, I generally avoid commercials, but... Uh, Would they actually have run Surface commercials over here? I'm not even sure the Surface was sold outside the U.S., to be honest.
0: Well, okay, this goes back to the original Surface, where it would make this soft click when you hooked it up and you pulled out the stand. And then they took the click and they made it very fast and then had people dancing and prancing on the tables with loud music And that was supposed to sell you a service. I don't know what message it was trying to convey other than this is a very confusing product, and therefore we have a very frenetic, confusing commercial.
24: But why would the click be a selling point?
0: I haven't got the vaguest idea. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think they knew either. I think they were looking for something cute and trendy. Oh, I mean, it's just a tablet. What makes it sexy? Oh, the click. Let's build something on the click.
24: Yeah, I, I must say it is kind of neat the the way it connects and the fact that the cover doesn't need batteries or anything. And, you know, it, it's like just little things that stick with magnets and all that. That's, that's quite well done, I think.
0: So basically, I think what Apple did here is they produced a better Surface 3. It still runs iOS, but if it's capable of desktop level performance, someone in the back of the room might have asked the question, okay, why not be able to run OS Ten on it?
24: Yeah, or or or, it's more. I'm thinking it's more going the other direction that OS X is going to become. Well, for, first, um, I think we now have iOS, macOS, tvOS. Sorry, iOS, WatchOS, tvOS, and I think pretty soon we'll eventually have macOS. We'll go back to macOS instead of um, macOS 10 um, or
0: OS 10. It doesn't call itself macOS. Yeah,
24: ten. Well, yeah. So if you look on the Apple website and I'm actually just looking right now at a tech specs page and they list, they list Mac OS as a category and they're showing a bunch of versions of OS 10 sort of discs, even for those that never had discs and I can see lion or mountain lion in the back. So, so it is a name that they are using internally, you know, on some of their stuff. I think we talked about this a long time ago about the, the iOSification of OS ten and I think we're going to get there sooner or later um, I, I don't think the two will ever be exactly the same, but I think I think OS 10 will become closer to iOS, and I think the difference will be such that there won't be so much of a a change when you're shifting from one device to the other. On the other hand, you know this is where Microsoft went wrong initially trying to use Windows for the desktop. Um, on on a tablet and that's wrong and it was a failure so maybe apple won't do that
0: yes but windows 10 is supposed to run on all the microsoft devices now even yes on phones. but
24: windows 10 is is it's the equivalent of like a responsive website right um, it adapts to the screen in order to display content for the screen whereas when, when windows i don't remember which version it was back in the early tablets it was just the standard windows desktop very small on a screen right
0: Yes. Now, the thing is, with the original Windows tablets, all they were mostly were regular notebooks with a removable screen or a swivel screen, which is the way they're still doing it. They're still doing it that way right now. And the problem with that is that the use case has not really been spelled out there because it's very awkward to use. See, a tablet, you just have the whole unit in your hand. That makes a lot of sense. But if you take a traditional notebook and you reach up to touch the screen, even with a stylus, that yeah. makes less sense.
24: Yeah. No, that that's not logical. Um, but that's why those things don't sell. Of course, l- let's be honest. Y- you know, I- iPads aren't selling as well anymore, right? So, if you consider that Apple is trying to increase. They're trying to save the failing market share of the iPad, and and I'm not sure the iPad Pro is a, a big enough. It, it's not the kind of thing that a lot of people are going to want. Um, it is quite large and cumbersome, and again, it's quite expensive. So, I I don't know that that will stem the tide of the dropping market share. But Apple is certainly trying hard. Um, I I, I kind of wonder, you know. I, I bought a uh, iPad air two. So that's two years old now. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. The iPad air two is a year old, but it
24: will continue. Year old. Right. It'll continue. So I had the previous iPad air and I bought the iPad air two because my son had a very old iPad and I was able to, um, to pass it on to him.
0: And I didn't want the iPad air two because of touch ID. But Let's do our break. We have Kirk McElhern, more to come on the tech night. How live. <laughs> If your Mac has slowed down or isn't performing like it used to, there's a smart alternative to buying a new machine thanks to OWC. With easy do-it-yourself upgrades for every Mac, OWC has what you need to get the most from your computer. From memory and SSDs to ultra-fast external storage, take it from me. You'll discover all the ways you can upgrade your Mac today, it out iweb.com that's iweb.com my name is josh one world way is the best in the market hands down I'm in the U.S. Navy, and I live a very active lifestyle. Being a vegetarian, it's hard getting all the protein I need. I tried the vegan protein powders,
20: and I just wasn't feeling any change. The meathead supplement store whey protein kind of worked for a bit, but it left me feeling bloated, and my digestion seemed to slow down. By some divine
0: stroke of luck, I heard a commercial of One World Whey on the radio, and it struck my interest. I have to tell you, I am so glad I got it. I have been taking it for a week, and the results are amazing. I don't feel tired when I have to get up at 4.30 a.m. I look and feel better. I recover faster from my two workouts a day. When I don't have time to eat good food, I take it, and I don't feel the urge to stuff my face for hours.
7: Call
24: 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's
10: com.
3: Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. 10 years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, US passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to IDStronghold.com and get the facts and the wallet sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit IDStronghold.com today.
0: I'm Gene Steinberg, he's Kirk McElhern, and we have Tech Night Owl Plus, plus plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com, and we're going to have a new feature coming real shortly now, and that's called Tech Night Owl Minute, exclusively to people who are members of Tech Night Owl Plus. Otherwise, we also offer the ad-free version of this show, better quality audio. Go to plus.technightowl.com for more information, plus.technightowl.com, technightout.com. We're dissecting the announcements from Apple, which focus first on a new set of iPhones, although that came last at the presentation. We're talking about the iPad Pro now and whether this specific product designed for content creators, for businesses, for CAD, whether this is the product that will jumpstart sales of the iPad. Because again, it's pointed to a very niche market. And I don't know how many people are in that market. Obviously, Apple is going to try to sell a lot of them in the enterprise through IBM and Cisco. But do you think this is going to be enough? What about the refresh cycle? People who bought the first and second generation iPads, and maybe now they'll be ready to upgrade?
24: Yeah. So as I was saying before the break, um, I got the iPad Air 2, and I see absolutely no no reason to upgrade
0: and, and I there can't is no think, upgrade. The iPad Air 2 is still there.
24: No, I, I see no reason to upgrade, even in the future. Um, this is a device, as long as I don't break it, it's going to run whatever I need. It's going to do whatever I need. It's got a retina display. I don't need more. Um, I don't need a lot of storage. I got 64 gigs, and that's fine. There's absolutely no reason to upgrade it, unlike a phone where you're carrying it around a lot. you know, It, it gets a lot of wear and tear. Um, sure, if you are someone who uses the iPad, and you take it with you when you're out working or whatever. That's entirely understandable. Um, but for me, I can't see upgrading the iPad for the foreseeable future. I wouldn't care, I couldn't care less about 3D touch on an iPad. I, I couldn't care less about 4K video because, you know, these are going to be huge files. So uh, I think getting people to upgrade iPads is not going to be easy anymore. Now, the iPad Pro may actually be a pro device, And Apple may have talked to a lot of enterprise um, clients to figure out what they need. And they may have designed this in order to satisfy what the the business people are asking for.
0: Well, that's what it sounds like to me because of the fact that they had Adobe and Microsoft there. That certainly telegraphed a message right there.
24: Well, they had Adobe and Microsoft, but remember the the, the announcements of, of things they're going to be doing with IBM and all that. To, to, to target the enterprise markets. It's very possible that they're seeing markets for this sort of device that we don't. Um, I, I may have mentioned at one point in the past talking about the iPod Touch, and people were wondering why Apple updated the iPod Touch. Well, I see couriers um, delivering things to me sometimes with little handsets that contain iPod Touches. A- as far as I understand, the iPod Touch is used a lot in warehouses for inventory management, uh, because it's a very small handheld device with Wi-Fi, you don't need an iPhone for something like that, and the iPod Touch is you know half the price of an iPhone or less. Um, so we may not be seeing what the real you know Apple may be continuing to sell things like the older version of the iPad Mini. Why do they have two in the catalog? Maybe because there's an education market that wants the older one for some reason because it's cheaper, or there's a certain professional usage that we don't know about. Um, where Apple's maybe selling, you know, a few hundred thousand of a particular device that makes it worth it for them uh, to keep the device refreshed.
0: Well, you're making the very big point there. So I do agree there's a specific point that makes it sensible to have an iPad Pro. The question is, is that market big enough? Obviously, Apple perceives that it is. Will it jumpstart sales that and maybe a delayed upgrade cycle? I have no idea.
24: Yeah, and again, uh, all all I'm saying is that there's an awful lot we don't know about regarding uh, the types of devices that they're selling and the reasons they're selling them. Um, Again, at $800 starting price, plus $100 for the pencil, plus, what is it, $150 for the smart keyboard
0: touch cover, something like that? $169 or something like that.
24: Yeah, so you're, you're over the price of a MacBook. Um, you're over the price of a MacBook Pro or a MacBook Air, you know, a 13-inch, so roughly the same size. That's a pretty big ask for someone, how is that iPad Pro more portable than a MacBook? It's only really more portable if you're going to be working on the display with the pencil. Otherwise, you know, unless you really want, unless it's easier for you to have a tablet, you can hand to people to show pictures. So again, a real estate agent or, you know, someone, a salesperson selling their products, they go into a company and they want to show a catalog. For that, it it totally makes sense. But other than that, for the average user, I would certainly not recommend getting that. I'd recommend a laptop.
0: Well, that's the point. Having a lot of models, and it may seem confusing some of them, to really try to expand the market and address its potential as much as possible. I guess we won't know till the end of the year what's going to happen. Remember, the iPad Pro does not go on sale till November. Right. So it's not going to impact iPad sales that much during the fourth quarter. We may not know till next year where this product can possibly go. Again, That's Apple hard. does things long term. It's very obvious.
24: Yeah. And it's, it doesn't even seem like a, a holiday, you know, sort of gift product. Again, given the price. But who knows? Who knows? It, it's, hard to, it's hard to know. Maybe there is a market that we just don't know about. Well,
0: Apple doesn't tell us everything, do they?
24: No, and, and they shouldn't. But, you know, my, my thought is if they can make a, an iPad Pro, they can make a four-inch iPhone.
0: Oh, yes. Well, why not? All right, let's put this together. The next major announcement from Apple was the fourth-generation Apple TV. With some gaming pretensions there, like, what is that? Like the Nintendo Wii? The yeah, that was remote? exactly what
24: I thought. When, yeah, when, when they were doing the demo of that really stupid-looking game, Swinging the remote around, Um, and you can even buy a a wrist whatever what do you call the wrist thing that attaches to the remote?
0: Yeah, that is very good. They also have support.
24: What's the word for that thing that you know you put around your wrist to hold the remote? The Wii comes with them. Um, The Apple TV doesn't come with them, but you can buy them separately. So it's clearly encroaching on the Wii's market.
0: Encroaching like overwhelming it. Also, they're going to have third-party game controllers. I saw a picture of one that's going to sell for $50, and it looks perfectly fine. It'll work with Bluetooth. And so the question is here, all right, you've got what looks like a credible game controller. You've got the portable game capability. What level of games can you expect on the Apple TV? And does that encroach more and more on the gaming consoles? I don't think you'll see Halo for Apple TV tomorrow, but hmm.
24: Um. I'm just not a gamer, so when when they had that game demo of the people shooting things, I just like that was my toilet break during the during the keynote when I was watching it. I real I totally don't care at all about that sort of game. Um, I, I I can't imagine that they won't have games like that. Um, we don't really know how much power there is inside the Apple TV in terms of processor and all that.
0: It's got Um, an A8 processor. Yeah, but we don't know
24: what that means in comparison to like a a game console, do we?
0: We can maybe speculate in our next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. We've got Kirk and I'm Gene Steinberg. More to come on the other side.
10: Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today.
18: My name's Clyde, age 59, and I reside in Florence, South Carolina. The doctors diagnosed me as having clogged arteries. It felt like I was carrying heavy concrete
24: blocks around my feet and legs. I started taking Heart and Body Extract as directed. It is less than three weeks, and I'm like a young man again. It's unbelievable that an herbal formula can work so fast and so powerfully.
15: Learn the secrets of an effective, natural, 100% organic
19: nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation at HBExtract.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to produce an endless supply of nano-sized silver solutions right from the convenience of your home. Silver Lungs. With the addition of our unique lung delivery system, respiratory infections are targeted directly, where traditional oral administration simply cannot reach. This pioneering method also preserves the original particle sizes and delivers your silver solution directly into the bloodstream. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com.
5: Extend your life with ExtendoVite Hey neighbor,
19: what are you doing digging? You had a heart attack last year. Oh, I know. I was told no more hard labor. Then why are you digging? Well, I've been taking ExtendoVite. It's been approved to help my heart. ExtendoVite? Is that a new drug? No, not a drug. It's uh, more like an herbal combination made from garlic and cayenne. Herbal? How can that help? Well, actually, we've taken herbs for thousands of years, and Extendivite is doing the job for me. Does your doctor know about Extendivite? Yeah, my doctor knows, and he said it seems to be working for you, so don't stop taking it. I feel great taking Extendivite. I don't want to stop.
4: To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822, or visit our
18: website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with
5: Extendivite.
18: Do you owe the IRS money? Has the IRS garnished your wages or put a lien against your house? The IRS has the power to make you pay back what they claim you owe and will stop at nothing to collect there is a solution. Call Signature Tax now. Speak with our professionals and feel the weight of your tax burden lifted from your shoulders. Call now for your free and confidential analysis. 800-481-3147. Again, that's 800-481-3147. 800-481-3147.
6: Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic any time. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237.
15: What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. On
0: the Tech Night Owl Live, Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld, is here. Front and center, and we're trying to figure out what Apple wrought. So the question is here with Apple TV, what level of game performance can we expect? Well, it's got metal graphics, which has to help a lot. It's got the M8 coprocessor, the A8 processor. That's supposed to offer pretty good performance. I think when I saw benchmarks, it was equivalent to a MacBook Air of 2011 or 2012. So it is... Catasaur. How does it
24: stand up compared to an iPad?
0: It would be the same, probably, as the iPhone 6. On the other hand, there's another point to mention here. Okay. Yeah,
24: so, it's, so there's, it's there's, because no, there's no issue to not have enough
0: power to
24: use the processor as much as possible.
0: Okay, so the key here is that they can take the processor and run it at a higher clock speed, Yep. assuming the potential, because you don't have to save as much power as you do when you're sticking the thing into a smartphone. You take the same processor from the iPhone 6 and install it in an Apple TV, and because it's drawing AC power, if you need a few more watts, big deal. The question is here, how does that performance level compare to an Xbox? I have no idea. Do we have benchmarks out there? Are there going to be benchmarks, like comparing an iPhone 6 to an Xbox?
24: Um, I have no idea how one compares that. All I know is, uh, if this is a chip that
0: was, what, what are we up to in the iPad? I think it's the A8, right? The iPad is A8X for the iPad Air 2 and the iPad Mini 4, and the A9 for the iPad Pro.
24: So that means the A8 without the X is probably similar to the first iPad Air, and they were giving demos of all sorts of violent games when that came out. So we can assume the same kind of games are possible. Um, remember one thing, this is just in HD. So it, it, you're, not, you're not driving a retina display with the Apple TV. You're just driving standard HD. It doesn't do 4K or anything. So your processor actually doesn't need to be as powerful to get the same results as with an iPad.
0: Isn't that interesting? So once again, I do think, and I know our previous guest Kind of disputed that, I think. Josh Senters is a tidbits. I don't think he was in line with that in terms of gaming potential. But I think here Apple is embracing a much wider gaming posture because the games on display during the event were family games. Not these high-energy, R-rated games or anything like that, or whatever the rating system is for games. Well, I don't know that one
24: that they demoed with the guy killing things didn't look too family to me.
0: Well, you know what I mean? It's something that, yeah, but kids are killing things on games. It didn't look like a Halo or a Warcraft or one of those things.
24: Yeah, those will come, though. Don't Don't worry.
0: I think Apple is embracing a much wider audience than those who use... Gaming consoles—they're going after everyone because anyone with an iPhone can play games and get pretty yeah, incredible and
24: results. Going, we saw that they're going—they're targeting people who want to shop in front of their TV. So it's clearly not going for the hardcore gamers, um, but it, it's obvious that the whole—the whole "we" the whole type thing is a more sort of a younger crowd, and the whole bit about shopping and, and apps and everything is an older crowd but remember there, there's going to be an app store so pretty much everything's going to be available i mean i'm not i know halo is violent um i don't know much about it i wouldn't be surprised if there are games like that or halo um available on the apple tv in a short period of time
0: exactly and once that happens i think the companies who make the gaming consoles got to be shaken in their boots
24: well, you know, it's so the thing is, gaming consoles are more expensive, right? What, what do you pay about four
0: hundred dollars? Something like that. Yes, I haven't gone yeah. buying one ever.
24: Yeah, I've never had one either. Um, so, so we're talking about here one hundred and fifty or two hundred, depending on the storage. Um, I I just don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's entirely possible that this could take over a number of things. It could be the new set top box. It could be the new gaming. Device, it could. You know, people have been talking about the Apple TV eventually being a HomeKit hub. HomeKit being the Home Automation framework, and we haven't seen that yet. But there's no reason why um, this Apple TV wouldn't become that. Maybe it's already got a specific processor in it that it needs, or it could be a software update. I don't know.
0: We'll point out so, here also one thing to mention, so you get the picture. And that is one of the Apple executives, I'm not sure if it's Craig Federici or one of the others, saying that the OS, the TV OS, is 95% the same as iOS. Okay? 95% the same. Now, what that means also is that it won't be a big deal for companies who have iOS apps to make Apple TV versions.
24: Yeah, and I kind of fear that, in a way. um, Because... There are so many bad iOS apps that it's really a tough slog when you go through the the app store sometimes. Um, It would really be a shame if it it sort of became Wild West on the Apple TV as well. What I did find interesting is that they said that you could make a universal app that would run on the iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV. Now, some developers I know on Twitter commented, why would you make an app for three platforms that you're still selling for $0.99 or whatever? And, and I think that's a very good point. While the universal app makes sense for Netflix or Facebook or Instagram, it doesn't make a lot of sense for games or you know, productivity apps. And, and are people going to use productivity apps on the TV? I, I kind of wonder about that.
0: I think um, it's going to be mostly consumption apps yeah. right now. I mean, it's possible to take a Bluetooth keyboard.
24: Right. So it's got Bluetooth 4.0 <laughs> and you can use the keyboard. I wonder if you'll even be able to dictate uh, to type, using the siri uh microphone in the remote um i I mean is this the new web tv you know that they did that demo of the shopping website and it's kind of like what web tv wanted to be back in the day
0: well web Uh, tv actually had some potential until microsoft bought it and screwed it up yeah so yeah if you take web tv from what 1998 1999 consider the natural outgrowth you know like, everything yep. old is new again, and Apple is doing that. But also, Apple wants to own the living room, not by integrating with your other devices, but replacing everything. Because right now, the one problem with your living room is that you have fragmentation. you got the cable satellite box, and you got the gaming console, and you got the Blu-ray player, and then you've got the streamer. And Apple says, here's a streamer. It can double as a gaming console, more or less. And once they get the subscription TV service, it replaces your cable satellite box. So you can set up your entire TV experience with an Apple TV, your TV set, maybe an accessory gaming console if you're really in the hardcore stuff, and your audio system if you need one. So that replaces everything. That's the way Apple is looking at it, that this becomes the complete replacement for everything else connected to your TV. It's all in one box, all integrated with Apple's ecosystem.
24: Okay, so I wrote an article on my website today. Um, why you don't want the new Apple TV if you just want to stream audio? The current Apple TV has a Toslink jack. That's an optical audio output. Um, the new one does not. It only has HDMI. And a lot of people use Toslink into a, a DAC, a digital analog converter, which they then put into an amplifier. Now, that's pretty useful if you're just listening to music and not doing it for TV. But someone um, commented on the article just before we went on air, and he says, I'm using a Sonos Play Bar with my Plasma TV. The Play Bar can be connected to the TV via Toslink, but only a stereo signal is passed through. In order to get true surround, one has to connect the Apple TV's digital audio out directly to the Play Bar, which works great. But now there's no digital audio out, so a lot of these sound bars that use Toslink won't work anymore. Or at least you won't be able to use it with the Apple TV
0: it's whether the TV passes on that signal and a lot don't let's get let's get into that in a moment we've got Kirk McElhern talking about Apple TV and its potential I'm Gene Steinberg you're in the Tech Night Out Live
10: thank you for listening to GCN visit GCNlive.com today
17: you <laughs> Healthy, organic, fresh fish, robust, mouth-watering vegetables, all from your home. It's called aquaponics. This brilliant, self-sustaining protein and veggie system is perfect for year-round growing. Know exactly where your food is coming from. Aquaponicsource.com is the one-stop shop for all your needs: fish, fish food, plumbing, full systems, classes, and more. Learn to build your own system. Go to AquaponicsSource.com for a free guide to aquaponics. That's AquaponicsSource.com.
14: $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill sometimes.
13: I can even get it zeroed out completely.
14: We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180.
18: Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180.
11: The human body is more than 60% water, your brain and muscles are 75% water, and your blood is 92% water. Water is vital to your body, and alkalizing your water is the key to keep it running at its best. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops keep your entire body healthy, boosts energy, promotes weight loss, and even fights cancer. Call 800-518-7615 or go to AlkaVision.com to find out more. That's AlkaVision.com.
12: You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live
15: with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: So, here's the thing this is the way I have it set up right now. On my TV set, I've got the Apple TV and the cable satellite box from Cox Communications, and I've got a Blu-ray player, and they all go through the HDMI connection to a Vizio TV. It outputs by Toslink to my sound box. It's not a sound bar; it's a Zvox sound box that right. goes under the set. It's like a base for the set. Yeah, and I have the option as to what kind of audio I want to send from the Vizio. It could be surround sound audio. It could be just PCM, stereo, two-channel stereo. I have that option. It depends on the set you had. Like the previous TV set didn't have that option. So depending on the TV set, if it could pass through the audio, there's a point there.
24: Yeah. Yeah, so that's if you have a TV. But if you do use it for music, running the Toslink, running the optical cable directly either into an amplifier, which has a Toslink input, or to a DAC then you no longer have a way to connect it. So you can do it, obviously, if you have an AV amplifier. Um, and that's what I do. I run the HDMI into my amplifier, and then you know I have my speakers out, and everything goes, all my HDMI goes through my amplifier. Nothing goes through the TV.
0: Well, that's, you but, can do that. Yeah, if you're going to use that kind of system, you could set it up that way where your Apple TV and all your other devices integrate with your home theater sound system. And then on the other side, they're, they're fed out to the different places.
24: Right. But if you're more into high-end audio and you've been using an Apple TV, you will probably be using Tossling. The Apple TV, while it does have a USB port, it's not an output. They, they say that it's for service and support. Essentially, you use that port. If you can't restore the device, connect connected to a computer and you use iTunes to restore it. It's a bit complicated. Um, But it's not a USB output. And that's a shame because USB would be very practical for audio. You can output, you know, surround sound high resolution audio over USB.
0: Well, it may also be a software thing. Maybe eventually Apple will add that. Now, the other thing I'm kind of concerned about here is Apple didn't even acknowledge the existence of 4K. Yet, look at your new iPhone. Your iPhone takes yeah. 4K videos. You can
24: shoot 4K videos, yeah.
0: Right, you could shoot 4K videos on the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. And why can't you play 4K videos with your Apple TV? Oh, you can. You certainly will be able to. They'll just be downsampled. Well, that's the point. Why can't you play them at full resolution? Or will Apple later introduce an update to the tvOS operating system that will support that? Maybe they're waiting for some more standards and things to come to the fore. Because we forget here, we think 4K is final, and it's been undergoing all sorts of modifications since it came out. So maybe Apple's going to wait a little bit longer. But one commentator said that Apple would introduce this later. But the hardware, so far as I can see, is perfectly capable of transferring a 4K signal if Apple chooses to do so.
24: Yeah, but it only has HDMI 1.4 which while it can handle 4K, I'm looking at the specs, it can only do it at 24 hertz. Uh, HDMI 2.0, which is already two years old, does 4K at 60 hertz. So that means basically 24 frames or 60 frames. So I think you can shoot 4K at 60 frames on the iPhone. Is that what they said?
0: I have to look at the specs, but I think you can.
24: Yeah. Um, So even if they were to update the software to allow 4K, the HDMI isn't fast enough to get the 4k at the speed that you've shot. And to get the 4k, if I understand correctly, most 4k content that we're getting has a higher frame rate anyway, correct?
0: Okay, I just checked it. It's no video recording for the iPhone 6s is 30 frames per second. It's not 60. Okay,
24: so 1.4 is limited to 24. And you know, that means it's got to be downsampled or whatever. Um, so no, it's not designed for 4k video. And if we look at the history of the Apple TV, it's something that famously Steve Jobs once said, the Apple TV is a hobby. And, and I think Apple was really playing a long game with the Apple TV since the beginning. And I think it's good that they never gave up on the Apple TV. Over the years, it was updated very, very slowly. And, and the last update we have was about three years ago, Um, The current Apple TV is like three years old, and that update was a very minor update just to bring it from 720p to 1080p. There was no other change in the Apple TV between the, the second and the third version. Now, is Apple suggesting that in a year or two, they'll bring out a new Apple TV that supports 4K? That's entirely possible. But it just doesn't seem like the kind of device, since they haven't updated it often in the past, I'm a little bit hesitant. On the other hand, it's not an expensive device. Maybe, you know, two years is the kind of, maybe it's the sort of upgrade window that they're trying to think of, that it's too early for 4K now. Not enough people have 4K TVs or 4K content or have the bandwidth for for 4K streaming. But if they wait two years, then it should be common enough that the Apple TV would be
0: supporting it. There's another thing to point out, too. There is an HDCP 2.2, which is coming online now. Yeah, HDCP
24: is a copy protection thing.
0: Right, so there are some new... Okay, so the key here is that there are adapting standards, you know, higher resolution, color, things like that. For...
24: Yeah, HDR color, they call it, HDR TV.
0: Right, so the key here is that it's possible Apple felt the 4K standards are still a little bit fluid give it another year, knowing that you know 95% of the people or 98% of the people who buy an Apple TV won't care. But even those with 4K TVs won't care because there isn't that much there. But maybe a year from now, all these standards are more final. And then you bring out a 4K version of Apple TV for 2016. Because Apple yeah. doesn't jump into technologies at the very beginning, they wait till those technologies are more finalized. Um, it,
24: it's, it's interesting that Apple is only including HDMI 1.4, which, as I said earlier, it means that they can't really do 4K video the way they should. Um, obviously, it probably costs them less to license it because all of these technologies that they haven't developed, they have to pay for. And they obviously figured that there's no point paying more for hdmi 2.0 because the device just simply won't be able to use it so that that's another suggestion of a a new device you mentioned hdcp so that's the copy protection um, scheme and one of the things to remember is that the type of hdmi cable you get also matters um, in the different versions of hdmi and hdcp so you may have a device that works with a particular version of HDMI, but not HDCP, a cable, sorry, that works with a particular HDMI version, but not with HDCP. It's really confusing. I I wish it was simpler for us. I wish we didn't have to have this alphabet soup to talk about it. You know, we know the difference between USB 2 and USB 3, and generally what happens is a new standard like that, or Thunderbolt 1, Thunderbolt 2, the new one comes along, Apple takes the new one, gets rid of the old one. Um, Here, they're using a technology, the HDMI 1.4, that Came out in May of two thousand nine. That's really old. It's almost surprising that they would use something that old for a device that's this new. Again, there must be some sort of a cost um, to license the newer version. That they're figuring, you know, if it's a buck per unit um, and they're selling five million units, then that's a lot of money. That that's some good stock options for Tim Cook.
0: As I said, there's still some fluidity in what's happening with 4K, and maybe we need to wait that extra year for things to stabilize. And then, of course, for licensing and components to become a little bit cheaper. And then Apple does it. Remember, they weren't the first with LTE either, right? Hey, Kirk McElhern, tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do.
24: You can find me at my, my website, which is Kirkville. It's at McElhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me over at Macworld where I write about iTunes and all sorts of
0: other things. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as TechNightHowl. Look for Tech NightHowl on Twitter. Look for Gene Steinberg, the guy with the plaid shirt, on Facebook, because that guy is probably me. A lot older, but not much wiser. We also have Tech Night Out Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. We offer the ad-free version of this show and a higher-resolution copy. And coming real soon now, a Tech Night Owl Minute exclusive to people who join up to Tech Night Owl plus plus.TechNightOwl.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live.
24: Thanks for having me again, Gene.
23: The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted
17: presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.